I wasn't a Christian man, I'd probably be kicking in your way. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Today we'll be covering one of the most important parts of your body and discussing how to take care of it and to continue to live a healthy life. As I continue my kick on health here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant, and I'm driving my car safely and legally communicating on my phone. Minnesota law allows a driver to use their cell phone to make calls, text, listen to music or podcasts, and get directions by voice command or single-touch activation without holding your phone. Violations are very expensive. The National Safety Council reports that cell phone use while driving leads to 1.6 million crashes per year, and nearly 400,000 injuries are caused by texting and driving. Not surprising, since four seconds with your eyes off the road is like driving the length of a football field blindfolded. And research shows that just two seconds increases the risk of an accident up to 24 times. Texting may only take a second, but it can end your life or ruin it forever. Please. Drive safely and stay alive. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Bradshaw and Bryant. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. As I uh, first mentioned for today's show, we would be discussing one of the very important parts of your body and how you can maintain it and how you can take care of it if something goes wrong. And today I have Dr. Brody Peterson, my chiropractor, and he could be your chiropractor too, but... uh, He's at the uh, Hopkins uh, Health and Wellness, and uh, he has the magic touch, our fabulous hands, and uh, I'd like to welcome to the show. How are you doing, Dr. Brody? I'm doing well, JB. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, I um, sometimes you run into possible guests when you, um, <laughs> you experience things in life, and about... Three weeks ago, on you know, I threw my back out sleeping, and I've been a a, a patient of Doctor Brody's for a while, but uh, hadn't seen him in, in it almost a year, and slept wrong, and I couldn't, I could barely get up <laughs> out of out of bed, and uh, 
I went running to my favorite chiropractor. But um, that, go ahead. I, you were well, yeah. You were uh, you were not feeling great that day, <laughs> so we hadn't uh, hadn't seen you for a bit. But uh, sleeping must have been tough, and we we worked uh, on getting you back back to where you needed to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Within a week, and I'm gonna tell you, after the first three four days, I'd be I was like, man, I'm gonna be out for at least two weeks. Nope, you got me back to work within a week, which was great. Um, as I do with most, or not most, with all my guests, I kind of let them, uh, give an origin, in their own words, their origin story from the time they were a kid to when they made the decision to become whatever they become, and, and, sure. uh, we'll pick up from there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, basically my story, um, is, uh, I guess we'll just start from school. Um, I went to college, um, undergraduate at the University of Colorado, and uh, I was pre-med and integrative physiology major. And um, basically sort of junior year, woke up, and my advisor said, hey, what's your plan once you graduate? And I said, I don't really know. So uh, I started shadowing multiple providers. I'd, I'd been to pretty much any healthcare professional growing up for injuries or whatever. Um, so I've been to chiropractors, PTs, medical doctors, orthopedists. And so I started just spending time with um, each one of them in their clinics and um, kind of seeing how they operated and what their lives were like. And um, decided when I graduated, I went to chiropractic school. So I moved up here to Minneapolis and uh, I went to Northwestern to get my uh, DC degree. And upon completion of that, I did a preceptorship out in Colorado for an integrated medical clinic up in the mountains. So I worked with various ski organizations and things like that um, for a couple years. And um, my wife's originally from Minnesota, so she wanted to come back home. So we we moved back to the Twin Cities where I, I started at uh, Hopkins Health and Wellness and um, had one more quick stint out to California, um, but I've really kind of been been here since. So, so that's that's how I got to where I am, I guess. Um, and I love doing what I do. So, yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, well, here's an interesting. Well, I don't know if you'll find it if people will find it interesting, but at least I do. Um, I was once asked to come to the University of Colorado and be a student trainer. Okay. This was back in the fall of uh, 1979 because I graduated high school in 1980. Uh, I had turned uh, that uh, invitation down thinking I was going to attend the University of Missouri because um, I grew up in St. Louis. And things fell apart, but the coach who asked me to come to the University of Colorado um, had taken a job at the University of Minnesota, was clearing out his desk at Colorado, saw my name, and asked me would I have any interest coming here. And I came here and spent six months as a student trainer before I went to the dark side and moved on to athletic equipment 
as we as we joke <laughs> about me going from uh, athletic training or athletic medicine to uh, sure. af- athletic equipment, we always call it. I I went to the dark side. So, but um, the dark side. I like it. <laughs> but um, also reading your your bio, it sounds like you're quite the outdoorsman. I, I try and be. I, yeah, I guess my kind of growing up, I, I grew up in Southern California and Colorado. Um, and so you try and do everything you can outside, I guess. I grew up skiing and hiking and, you know, playing sports and going camping, fly fishing, doing all sorts of stuff. So I, I like being outside. I, I don't know. It's somewhat calming, I guess, to me to be, you know, with nature doing stuff i guess everyone's got their own thing but i I try and get out there and do as much as i can so yeah i'm i'm not a big outdoors person myself the outdoors for me is either running or uh playing baseball so well to each their own right i mean whatever whatever works for you so um i enjoy it i don't know i mean i guess living here in minnesota now we have so many cool experiences you can go do that's really maybe we take for granted i mean as far as like outdoor activities and stuff and i think the one thing i've learned from living up here is that people embrace all seasons whether it be winter summer fall they're out doing stuff and exploring it's it's a cool community to be a part of yeah when i was donning the skates and playing hockey that was also part of my outdoor in the winter was uh playing hockey outdoors or maybe coaching a session or two outdoors and um you're right minnesotans will embrace whatever season they're in it's amazing i mean it's kind of fun to be a part of it right um to mention embracing um I quickly want to again apologize you for the, apologize to you for the mishap on Sunday. I got my running time and the time we were supposed to do this podcast mixed up somehow. So no, I just no <laughs> I just want to apologize to you again. No big deal. Well, as all. we're on air, on, on air, <laughs> yeah. Because I I usually record on Saturdays. We moved it to Sunday. Sunday's my running day, and then I just got I just got it all mixed up in my head. And I'm getting... well, when you go ahead. When you called me to when you <laughs> called me to to do it, I was in the middle of chaos with my three kids yelling and screaming. So I didn't feel like that was the best time to probably pick up the phone. So no, so that's it's all good. Yeah, it's all no, good. it's on me. Even though I've been interrupted by grandchildren once, and uh, when I interviewed Tom Bernard, and also. When I interviewed Michelle Tafoya, she had to leave her house, and we kept the interview going, and she had to leave her house to drop her son off at baseball practice. So, <laughs> uh, as I say, things that happen during the taping of this are just part of life, and we keep moving on. So That's right. That's right. It's a good attitude to have. Right. right. So, we're as people can now guess, and I talked about very important part of your body, which is your back, which, in, you know, encases your spine. Um, can you talk about the six benefits of a good spine? Um, yeah, I mean, when, when you think about someone's spine, and this is kind of how we talk about it in our, our office, um, 
what we're really trying to promote to everybody, regardless of age or what you want to do or um, activities, whatever. The biggest thing is to prevent injury or, or just kind of promote health of your spine is one, just to have the ability for it to be moving. Um, if you have basic motion through your neck, through your upper back, your lower back, those joints, those segments are going to be able to change position, which is really healthy for them. So that's kind of the first thing as a as an office and as, as a philosophy that most of us are all going to agree upon as far as just creating motion through those joints. Um, second of all is just the basic position or alignment of things. Um, you hear about it all the time, you know, you know, someone throws their back out or something like that. And, it does happen. I mean, sometimes you can just create physical, you know, shifts of positions, which can irritate joints. And right. so um, that's kind of our, our next objective when we're managing someone is to provide consistent movements, correct their positions. And then finally is just basic stability, right? So can we fire our muscles? Can we have proper neurologic function? Can we, you know, maintain these things so that if we do get in a stressful situation or if we're, working in the yard we're shoveling snow we're going for a run we're doing something that our body can handle that amount of force or or stress to it and so for for me and us it's that's kind of our just basic principles those three things if you can keep proper movements proper position and then work on the stability of those supportive structures around it things do really well um and if you kind of think about that not only to your spine or just basic any joint in your body if you can encompass those three basic principles on a routine basis things go pretty well <clears throat> you know you can do a lot of injury prevention and other things there if you're if you're working at those things so um as a basic principle not to get too de- detailed with you know all sorts of stuff that that's really what we strive to create and promote to people to have them um either you know maintain their health or 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 promote wellness for them or um, kind of recover from any injury that we are working on so yeah the the science of chiropractic the chiropractic science i guess i would say has Mm -hmm. come a long way in the minds of you know even physicians where it used to be you would hear doctors say ah they're just a bunch of <laughs> I'm just repeating what they used to say a uh, bunch of bone crackers and yeah they they yeah, don't I mean, they don't <clears throat> add any benefits totally and that's you know I, I think depending on the I don't want to I mean depending on the the education and maybe generation of current medical providers that that stigma has kind of left just because um, there's been a lot of cross education and discipline between all realms of, of medicine, not just medical doctors, but um, orthopedists, DOs, PTs, chiros, uh, all these different things that, you know, used to be so selective. And, and, and really, there's a big push in the whole medical community to try and learn more about what other people do. And, uh, I mean, over the last 10 years, for sure, you, you've had more collaborative clinics or seminars or conferences where people are talking about cases and, you know, what can we do better and all this other stuff. So I totally agree with you. When I first came into practice, it was it was kind of like that. And, and you know, fast forward to now, it, there is a different mindset. And I think it just goes down to understanding what everyone can do, what 
certain people are good at and, and how you can incorporate working together. So big change in the past past uh, 10 years for sure. Yeah, I because yeah, I was I was hesitant to come and um, have uh, seek service. I, you know, I started with Dr. Uh, Pete there. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, how is this going to go? And then just within a 10, you know, a 10, 15 minute meeting, he said some things that really resonated with me and and relaxed my fears when he, because not only did he talk about adjustment, uh, he also talked about rehab, which yeah. I'm a big proponent of rehab, um, you know, being around athletes and also injuring myself through my if you want to call it, athletic uh, event uh, ventures and uh, rehab and injuries. I'm a big proponent of that. And when he talked about not only just doing adjustments but rehab, it really, um, you know, eased my mind. Yeah, I, I, uh, I just 100% agree that we've learned from management of, of certain conditions and cases that where you – you incorporate rehab or different forms of uh, um, physical therapy in conjunction with a with a manipulation or an adjustment. You you have a far different outcome uh, as far as how that person's going to respond, how they're going to maintain themselves. So um, it's kind of a philosophy that you know we we try and promote and strive to do with everyone. And um, you know there are select things where you know, maybe you're not, but uh, yeah, I think for the most part. Uh, case like yourself I mean that, that kind of hit home right away so yeah I mean it after the com- uh, the conversation we had then the next step was an an x-ray and um, he told me to stand straight with you know my back against the wall or whatever and when I saw the x-ray I was like holy crap because <laughs> I thought I was standing straight and my my uh, head was tilted but I thought it was straight, and my uh, spine was just a bad stretch of road, I guess you would say, because it was like uh, my head was pointed to the left, and when you got to the base of my spine down to my uh, butt or tailbone area, that was pointed in the same direction. So I was almost, I was semi-moon uh, shape, I guess you would say, um, yeah. quarter moon shape or or u-shaped in my spine i was like what is going on here it's amazing what you can see with people i mean <clears throat> sometimes even just based off a you know physical exam or, or an x-ray of what you can identify um you got a lot of people walking around with all sorts of you know bad biomechanics or stuff going on and like <laughs> sounds like it was kind of an eye-opener for you when you actually looked at it so yeah it was a very big eye-opener um for me um can you talk about you guys use what is called the dmr method if, yep if you want to talk so about yeah, that yeah yeah sure yeah dmr um what the DMR method is is a um it's a treatment uh philosophy and, and protocol that is used for um not only spinal conditions but but kind of uh various other uh neuromusculoskeletal problems that we, we deal with. But what it stands for is for diagnose <clears throat> management and then 
rehabilitate. And so it's kind of the basic principles of, of, of how we're going to treat someone. And so that, that encompasses um, multiple avenues of um, medical treatment. So we have a medical department, we have a chiropractic department, and then we have a physical therapy department. So uh, a DMR <clears throat> protocol is going to be in, incorporating those disciplines together where we're going to be co-managing a case where you're going to be seeing a physical therapist, a chiropractor, and potentially a uh, medical doctor, nurse practitioner, whoever um, in that realm uh, together. And so uh, that that involves different types of physical medicine that involves adjustments that it involves potentially any kind of medication management we need to, but we, we do those things in conjunction with each other to create a, the biggest possible outcome for, for patients. And so kind of what I was talking about earlier, we're, we're promoting motion position changes and then work in stability. And, um, the biggest difference that I guess I've seen for what the, what the DMR treatment plan is versus some other ones is we really focus on providing flexibility, motion, releasing tissues right away with people dealing with, uh, you know, whatever condition we're, we're after. Um, and then, you know, in doing so, we can create position changes structurally, and then we can work on actually stabilizing what we've created versus trying to jump right into um, the typical strengthening, stabilizing work that you hear all the time for a back injury, strengthening <laughs> your abs, all that stuff. Because to be honest, you can't really stabilize a dysfunctional area right so right. if something's not moving it's not positioned it's inflamed whatever if you try and strengthen it you are probably not going to like your outcome because you're trying to strengthen or or stabilize a, a dysfunctional area which never works you hear it all the time that you know threw my back out i tried to do some abs didn't get any better um and i'm kind of just stuck here right and so we learned as we're managing these things, we started looking at cases of disc herniations and stenosis and degeneration and all these other things where, hey, if you just kind of broke down the principles of what needs to happen and you just fo force someone to really be able to have better motion and flexibility, you release the tissues, you correct the position, and then you introduce strength, they really got a lot better. Um, and it's 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 just kind of understanding like what needs to happen first. So, um that's pretty much what a, what a DMR, what, what that is. So we've got, you know, kind of various locations that practice this method, and our outcomes have been highly successful in treating, especially spinal-related conditions. We've Most of our research has been done on um, cervical and lumbar uh, basic conditions, where if you broke down the actual um, statistics, is I, I think at our last uh, DMR case study, our, our second one that we did was about 93% effective on treating either, you know, disc herniations, yeah. stenosis, degeneration, all these other things that happen within the spine. So roughly 9 out of 10 people um, that, that we encounter, if we incorporate this treatment philosophy and plan on them and they follow through with it, we'll, we'll have a um, substantial improvement in their uh, not only pain levels, but overall function too. So... Um, yeah, that's kind of what, what the DMR philosophy and, and, and program is, is an integrative approach to managing these types of things. Well, and here's another myth that I've, uh, 
just kind of being around the clinic and also looking at the website. Uh, back and spine problems are uh, an old people problem. Hello? Yeah, you got, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Say it again for me, JB. Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, back and spine issues are, the myth is that it's an old person's problem. Yeah, you get it all different ages. I mean, you see, you see kids now. You see young teens on on X-ray findings and MRI findings that have signs of actual degeneration, which almost was unheard of until you actually start looking for it. So, back problems can hit any portion of the population, um, and. Yeah, I guess, I guess we see it from all ends of things. So I would say that's a pretty big myth. It's uh, is some of that caused by, you know, repetition and overuse from their think, their activities. I think so, and I think you, I think you've got a lot of people looking into more of this and trying to figure out why. But um, in my opinion, yeah, you you have so much push for potentially repetitive. Um, especially young kids in athletics, right? Like nowadays right. you, you know, when I was growing up, whatever season it was, that's what you played. You know, right. You played, you played football, then you run into basketball or you did something else and you did track. So you kind of just like flowed with whatever it was. Now it's, you get these kids that are sometimes nine, 10 years old and all they're doing is playing one thing all year round. And I don't know if that's the best thing for him. I don't, I mean, you have a lot of orthopedists that would argue too, that that mm -hmm. might be a little bit of repetitive stress through there. So we, we kind of have to look at this and, and decide if, if that is in the best interest for our children to be doing, because um, we do know that repetitive things over and over again are, are going to be creating potential injuries on our, our bodies. And, and that might be it. Could be. Well, I'm going to jump on my soap soapbox for a moment um for those parents uh who may listen to this um very high percentage of professional athletes were multi-sport athletes just plain and simple and you know the cross training they get from one sport to another and just the mental rele relief of not just hammering you know, one sport all the time, you know, having a different, you know, group of friends from one sport to another could be, yep. can be beneficial. And, um, you know, getting away from a coach from time to time could be beneficial too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, think you about know, that totally, you know, getting, getting away from, you know, the same, you know, because let's face it. As adults, we have to get up and go to the same job every day, and you know we understand how stressful that can be. And a young person going to the same, you know, sport activity, dealing with the same coach, atmosphere, and whatnot, and the stresses that that can bring. Just, totally. you know, me on my soapbox, just something, you know. And I've every every, and I've known a few, you know. Um, I got hopefully one coming up soon that I'm going to be Hall of Famer that I'm going to be interviewing soon. Um, and we were talking and, you know, he was 
you know, he talked about how even, even in his childhood, just making sure, and he has a young son, making sure that he's doing different things and whatnot. So I think it's a big thing kind of for all those reasons and just different experiences and letting kids, you know, just kind of figure out and then have, have different coaches or mentors or relationships with other people. I mean, that's, I think that's a big thing for them to, to work on. So I, I could be it. I mean, I, I think, you know, kind of switching gears or of another thing is, if you look at us as the society versus, you know, 20, 30 years ago's technologies let it made us be a little more sedentary. Right. And so you get a lot of kids now that are, you know, having iPads or phones or whatever, where they're just simply not moving yes. as much as say kids that were growing up saying, Hey, go outside, come mm-hmm. back when it's dark. Right. And you know, you were, you were, riding your bike you were running around you were building forts you were doing something to entertain yourself but you weren't sitting in front of a screen um and that that could you know on my soapbox could be an influence to what we're seeing too with with some of these you know younger generation having these issues so yeah i mean you know sitting hunched over a screen or uh looking at a computer screen or television screen hour upon hour and not taking breaks that's can't be good for the spine either i would assume it is not we, we know that pretty much for sure that that is one of the worst things for anybody's spine well i'm going to take a uh, commercial break here and then we'll come back and continue our conversation with dr brody at um my favorite chiropractor at uh, Hopkins Health and Wellness here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast. When you need someone to listen, a lawyer you know and trust. Congratulations to all the Minnesota businesses that scraped through the last year. It sure hasn't been easy, but we've done it together. And while we certainly need to move forward, it's good to reflect on what we've been through and the many losses. Here at Bradshaw and Bryant, we held a lot of Zoom meetings, increased our phone calls, and have done our best to keep up with all the changes while continuing to provide quality work. We'd like to thank everyone that turned to us with their personal injury and criminal needs, as well as the courtrooms for bringing the community back together to serve justice. We look forward to being part of Minnesota's growth and success for many years to come. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything till you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the JB's Low Tech Podcast. Today's guest is Dr. Brody Peterson, um, chiropractor at Hopkins Health and Wellness. And I, 
been kind of on a health kick with my guests lately. Uh, my last guest was actually my sister-in-law, but we talked about um, uh, she's into gardening, and she's actually turned it into a business where her and my brother uh, are building gardens for people and showing them how to take care of them and how to reap the benefits of that. So I'm kind of on a health kick lately. So now I'm continuing this with Dr. Uh, Brody. Um, so when we left, we were talking about young people and um, the benefits of, um, you know, uh, good spine health. Can you... Um, like I said, I was looking at the uh, website for Hopkins Health and Wellness, and it was just, uh, they had like the six benefits, which are uh, Im immune, it can uh, boost your immune system, um, stimulate your body's natural healing, boost your energy, uh, uh, of course, facilitate uh, in injury rehabbing, and... Um, also, um, uh, the benefits from people of all ages and, um, and just, uh, also, uh, mental, which was kind of a shock for me. I could kind of guess the first five, but how does the spine, uh, come into play when it comes with the brain? Well, basically your, your spine houses your your nervous system, right? So your right. whole spinal cord, every single level of your spine, you've got a nerve root exiting, which is traveling to either a muscle, an organ system, or something in kind of that communication barrier. <clears throat> so the one thing we've learned with, you know, manipulations and, and adjustments, like what are we, what can we influence and what can we do? And so some of those first five you can, you can hit and go through, and we know that we get an increased immune response if we... Um, you know, have any type of like mobilization to stimulate the nervous system. But as far as your brain, if there's any interference or pressure through anything spinal related, you have CSF fluid. So that's the actual fluid in your spinal canal, which is constantly traveling through your brain, down your cord and back around. So as we go through life, there can be, you know, restrictions in our joints at our spine or anything like that that can lead to any type of loading through there, which could have an impact directly on you know our energy levels our cognitive function our, our neural logic and, and nervous system so um, there's been a lot of research and things done on on what actually can happen with that type of manipulation and and we can have a direct impact on improving our overall <clears throat> neurologic function which in doing so can help with you know brain health it can help with every other system in your body it can help with just basic um uh, metabolism and other things that are occurring in the body. So um, your spine is kind of your, your biggest structure in our body that, that uh, protects and houses um, our overall neural neurologic activity. So it, it has a direct impact on everything. Well, yeah, like I said, that was, it would just, it shouldn't have been surprising, but it was surprising. I, I was like, huh, I never thought of, that being a part of the whole <laughs> the whole scheme of things um sometimes you don't really think about it right because you're just always you know because you hear of all your other systems in your body right your digestive system your um 
your your breathing, your cardiovascular mm-hmm. system, and all these other things, which are all important. They all have you know aspects of health and life. But what tells them to do what they should do, and that is your your nervous system, your your neurologic system, so your brain's connection to those other things. And there's hormones and other things that go on here. But um, <clears throat> part of the the biggest thing is as far as like chiropractic care and philosophy is to promote as much positive neurologic function as possible um and in doing so you you can have a direct impact on someone's well-being to to promote that so um yeah it's it's um you just have to kind of break down the philosophy or the the physiology of how we work and and that's what you're impacting well and i'm looking through again looking through the list and you know, you got headaches and migraines and low back pain, neck pain, upper back pain, uh, numbness and tingling, uh, degener- de- degenerative stuff, which people hear about. But then you got shoulder pains and, you know, it might be something that happened to you in a car accident or yep. um, chronic stress disorders or chronic fatigue or, or work injuries. Any or arthritis, any of this could be a related back issue, and um, when people are seeking out medical health, they should also th- maybe think about chiropractic help too. Yeah, I mean, I I think it you know it depends on depends on the condition, what the source of it is, but yeah, I I, I think that uh, we've I guess clinically, I feel like we've made a huge impact on a lot of people. Um, and so, yeah, if you if you have any of these things going on, and, and maybe you're under the management of a, your medical doctor or your primary physician or something, and, and if uh, you even just want like another opinion of potentially what's causing something, um, that's kind of where this type of uh, of medical care, I guess I'd call it, can can be helpful. Yeah, I, and I've only visited this area of the clinic once, but you also have actual rehab on site correct correct yeah we, we have a whole physical therapy department which will um we see for various conditions so um we not only spinal related things but extremities and other neuro uh musculoskeletal injuries and we have you know relationships with other providers throughout the twin cities other surgeons and things like that so um yeah, we, we have a fully um, functional and, and um, very well-rounded uh, physical therapy department. Yeah, the time I went up there, it was it was very nice, very clean, very you know, very professional. Um, and it, you know, if you're going to go through rehab, you're going to have to work. I mean, that's that's the main thing. But the end part is you'll regain or get back close to what you used to be or maybe even better so like it's those guys do a great job and and kind of what we were touching base on earlier as far as treatment uh they have a lot of training and, and kind of extensive um communication with uh other massage therapists and and pts and and really really work a lot of hands-on types treatments with their rehab um so a lot of what people miss as far as if they're going through an injury where 
where they don't get that type of uh, uh, hands-on work to help correct tissues and things. And, and those guys do an absolutely fantastic job of it up there. Well, before I hit my last uh, topic about um, chiropractic, uh, the chiropractic science, outside of the um, Hopkins location is the world's largest raspberry uh, sculpture. (laughs) (laughs) And that was talked about by Dr. Pete for weeks as it was before it was going to be built. So you can't miss the clinic because right uh, in front of the parking lot is the world's largest raspberry. Uh, uh, it it is it is pretty uh it's pretty big and yeah it was it was funny when we were we were talking about creating that one day Dr. Pete kind of looked at me he goes we should do something cool for the community and I said yeah we you know we we should what are you why don't we think about it and then less than an hour later he he came in and said we should make the world's largest raspberry and put it in a big statue right over there. <laughs> and I kind of just chuckled and I said, what? <laughs> what? And next thing you know, we had a local sculptor doing, you know, work and, and creating it and implementing it. And now we, you know, have various people taking pictures every day with it. And mm-hmm. it's kind of this, uh, sight to see if you come visit uh, the city of Hopkins so it's pretty cool it's pretty fun yeah uh, Hopkins the city of Hopkins uh, before it was established was a raspberry farm yep and um, so that's kind of an homage to the the birth of the city but um, yeah it because you know I was a patient before it went up uh, shortly before it went up and then when it popped up i was like what in the but it it is pretty cool i haven't taken a photo of it or i haven't taken a photo next to it but i probably need to do that one these days because it is it probably is the world's largest raspberry structure i i think it actually is i'm not uh i I don't want to don't call me on that (laughs) but uh (laughs) it's pretty big and i don't know of a a uh, larger sculpture of a raspberry, so it uh, it is fitting for the city of Hopkins. Right, looks good. And uh, Dr. Pete himself is quite the uh, character, so <laughs> he does have some uh, some hobbies that he likes to uh, go with. But yeah, he he, <laughs> he certainly is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, the last topic and. Um, uh, that I wonder about when it comes to the science, uh, uh, the chiropractic science. Um, how has it been affected by everybody's favorite topic now, COVID? Um, well, I guess I'll just give you my experience, like working through COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so COVID started, you know, we kind of go into the, the, the lockdown, if you will, or, um, you know, everything from March of 2020, right? Right. Um, and I think initially the, the entire world was this kind of like fear mentality. Right. Uh, where everyone was kind of the unknown, the fear, we don't know. And so, you know, things kind of 
you know, we never shut down or anything, but, you know, kind of dropped as far as just, you know, basic, you know, production and busyness. But the unique thing that happened to us was elective surgeries got shut down. Right. And in doing so, these people that were, you know, supposed to have a, a hip, a knee surgery, a shoulder surgery or whatever, they couldn't get it. And right. They were forced into do something in the meantime to try and help them get through life. Mm-hmm. And we had a massive influx of these people during that time that uh, presented for, you know, some injuries we we couldn't fix, quote unquote, but we could help manage them for the time being. And what we saw through through those months of, you know, the real thing of COVID was a lot of these people got better. And a lot of them ended up not even needing the elective surgery they were going to have. Um, you know, based on what they, what it was. And so when the surgeries kind of opened back up, they, they had been through, you know, kind of a rehab program and, and worked uh, on some things and, and they had resolved their issues. Some of them we didn't. I mean, some of them had to go get it done. Right. But I, I think that was a the true interesting kind of eye lifter during COVID where, you know, we were of service to people to continue to help them when a lot of things, you know, were, were unable to. Um, so yeah, COVID has been interesting. Um, but as far as, you know, procedures and our office and everything, we changed a bunch of things as far as, you know, distancing and and widening things and, um, you know, really keeping things sanitized and wearing masks and doing all the PPE stuff. So, um, yeah, it seems like a long time ago, just thinking back (laughs) on it. And now here we are, uh, you know, about to be into 2022 and then we're still going but yeah it's uh it was it was interesting to feel the fear in the public right uh you know working with people and and a big part of our job is connecting with them interacting with them what are their goals what do they want and just feeling the general uh, population just have this massive fear base was something that i've obviously never seen before um which does have impacts on your health. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's one thing that maybe we should touch base on is, you know, if, if we're if we're living in this um, state of fear and, and isolation and depression, it has a massive influence on us hormonally and cortisol secretions and other things, and it, it can it can do detrimental things to us. So, um, for me personally, with with COVID, I. I respect the virus. I, mm-hmm. I obviously acknowledge what it's doing and what's happening and, and our people who are fighting against this in the hospitals and things, but um, I don't I don't fear it. Um, right. And there's a difference there, and I don't want to come off that, you know, I'm saying it's not, not uh, present because I fully acknowledge this, the extent of it, but and I fully respect it, but if... Um, if people can kind of wrap their heads around around that, I think they can lose a lot of the, the panic that was instilled in all of us for so long. No, I I totally understand that. Um, and I've talked about this on other episodes of my podcast. And uh, I started the podcast November of 2020. So... Got it. <laughs> right in, you know, the, when things were really ramping up and... Um, and I myself was a um, uh, 
um, deemed to be an essential personnel on campus with the job I do now. And um, so I had to get up and go to work every day. And uh, I was like one of the first people in my uh, uh, setting to wear a mask and 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 eventually one of the first people in my setting to become uh, vaccinated. But um, no, I just um, totally understand that because I um, it had an effect on me mentally. You know, I went through a bout of depression and. Um, a lot of anxiety, a lot of crazy dreams, you know, you know, all of a sudden it started to affect the self con, you know, yep. this, you know, the conscious and this, you know, the unconscious <laughs> life that I was living. And, um, it was, it was a very in- interesting, interesting experience. Yeah. I, I think the, you know, the mental health implications of, of some things I think we're still seeing this I mean I think we're we're still in the middle of trying to help some people with some of the um, anxiety depression and other things that you know, were created with it um, and um, you know I, I think some of this is with some of the I mean talk about kids in school and stuff like that I mean we'll have to see how this goes as far as what uh, you know what what detriments they have but uh, yeah, the, the initial, I guess to kind of go back to the answer, the initial, you know, impact of COVID was, looking back on it, was just like a massive fear population and then kind of, you know, swung out of it through there. But uh, some people might still be in that state, and that's, you know, that, that's okay. Um, it's just a very interesting time. Very interesting time. Yeah. Well, my reasons for ask, uh, asking the question, and you and you basically answered it, was how did you guys handle it? But yeah. then I did not, and I should have thought about this, because I, you know, I had a couple of elected uh, things that I needed done that were put off, um, that you guys wouldn't have been able to help me with. But just the thought of other people who were not getting service that you guys were able to help them in a different way. Yeah, it, it was, uh, and you know, no one, I guess no one really like thought of that, like what was going to happen until we were, you know, we were in it and, and some of our um, people we work with as far as, you know, in the surgical world said, you know, Hey, I, I can't do these. You, you got to go, you know, try this and see if it helps you for the time being. Um, and I guess we were, you know, we were, we were in a position where we could offer that to people, and, and um, it was beneficial. I mean, a lot of these people got a lot of relief and improvements, and were, you know, able to be doing things in their lives and meeting some of their goals. And um, some of them that you know ended up, you know, continuing to need their surgery at least were um, in a better position uh, prior to the surgery. So it was, uh, it was interesting. It was, uh, you know. It, you never, you never go through school or anything else and plan for what happens in a pandemic. So right. that was kind of just, uh, flying on the seat of your pants and seeing what you could do. So, um, yeah, it was a interesting time. Well, and that gets back to your original statement of how attitudes have changed about uh, uh, chiropractors and 
what they can and can't do for the human body. So, you know, you guys, <laughs> I, you know, for lack of a better terminology, you guys became heroes throughout the <laughs> through through the pandemic. There for a while, I guess you would say. Yeah, we, I mean, we we did what we could. You know, we we always try and provide as much as we can and, and help people in any way that we can. And I feel like our, as a clinic, um, we did, we did a pretty good service there. We did, we did pretty well. Well, as we wrap up here, uh, again, I'm talking to Dr. Brody Peterson of, uh, Hopkins health and wellness, my chiropractor, as I would like to say. And, um, can you tell people, uh, in my Minnesota, uh, I guess in the Minneapolis, uh, St. Paul area, because I do have a national audience, but where those people in, in this town can uh, get get in contact with you guys? Yeah, yeah. So we are uh, we've got a couple different locations, and as far as clinics uh, in Hopkins, and and we also have a clinic in Woodbury uh, called DMR Woodbury. Um, so you can check us out on our websites at, uh, uh, HopkinsHealthAndWellness.com, uh, DMRWoodbury.com, or, uh, actually just simply go to DMRClinics.com uh, and that, that can give you, um, kind of information about what we do. Um, phone number for us, um, is, uh, sorry, you caught me on a blank, so I got to <laughs> Uh, phone number for us is 952-933-5085. Um, you can give us a call and uh, we can, you know, talk you through anything. We also do free consultations for people if they're kind of, as we've talked about on this podcast, they're nervous. They don't know what we do. They don't know how we can help. We will gladly sit down and explain, you know, what we potentially could offer or help you with uh, at no charge and uh, can also explore other, other avenues of what our office can do. So, um yeah that's us and um any way we can help yeah you guys also on your website have a uh a uh, schedule an appointment tool so that's yep. a, that's another way to contact yep. you guys so through our website you can reach us online absolutely you can submit uh any questions you can submit a you know request for an appointment that that comes right to us and we will respond to you either uh, through phone call or email, whatever you want, uh, really within uh, probably a few hours. So that, that goes right to a few people we have looking at that all day long. So right. that's another great way to do it. Yeah, and that's so. at hopkinswellness.com. So, yep. Um, yeah, it's been uh, very thought-provoking to have you on the day, uh, Dr. Brody, I, you know. You 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 brought to light some things I'd never had thought about when it came to uh, chiropractic uh, service and whatnot. So maybe uh, maybe I'll be will be educating a few other people too. Well, that sounds good. I, I appreciate you having me on, JB, and uh, I'm glad you're doing well. Yeah, I'm back to work, full mo- uh, movement, running, you know, and. Uh, but I'm still doing my rehab, so I just want to make there sure you, you know that. There you go. Right. Love to hear that. All right. Again, this has been Dr. Brody Peterson of Hopkins uh, Health and Wellness here on the JB's Low Tech Podcast.
J. B. Is my name and f***ing up motherfuckers is my game. Point on. Negro, black, African American, black, black, black. Django. J. B. Damn, Dolomite. Great card in heaven, you know J. B. Our great Negro sex machine.